Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are going to talk through every betting angle for this week's memorial. But first, we're going to look back at the Workday Charity Open, another event that was held at Muirfield Village Golf Club. So there's that extra added aspect to how we're going to try to handicap this week. But I want to talk about the things that we saw and did not see last week at the Workday. First of all, Colin Morikawa goes out and gets his second PGA Tour victory and his first, I don't want to call it an official event, event, but full field regular tour event. His other victory, the 2019 Barracuda, is an opposite field event. So I know some people will say it's not a real PGA Tour win. It counts the same in the bank account. It counts the same on the PGA Tour rankings so uh it does count but morikawa silences even those critics with an unbelievable week around Mirfield village he goes out he shoots the round of the day on thursday he shoots the round of the day on friday stumbles a little bit on the weekend and at times on sunday this thing looks like it was over justin thomas put it into overdrive before morikawa was able to get into a playoff on the 18th hole, and then on the third playoff hole, take down Justin Thomas. A couple of big takeaways from this. Morikawa is an unbelievable star on the rise. He is already basically a top 20 player in the world. He is someone whose ball striking is second to none on, on the PGA Tour, and his grit. I mean, he was three down. With, what, three holes to go last week? He could have easily rolled over and let Justin Thomas earn his 13th PGA Tour victory, but instead, he guts it out. He puts himself in a position to at least put as much pressure on Justin Thomas as possible, and then with a putt on 18 that JT cannot make, we are sent to a playoff. And it was one of the most exciting playoffs we've seen because on the first playoff hole, Uh, first or second playoff hole, they all run together. I think it was the second playoff hole. Justin Thomas buries a 50-footer for birdie, leaving Morikawa with a 24-footer that he has to make, and of course he does. He buries it. They go to a third playoff hole, and Morikawa wins it there on number 10. Unbelievable stretch of golf for Colin Morikawa, who... Missed the cut at the Travelers uh, at the Travelers Championship. Took a week off and then comes out and wins the golf tournament. He was thirty-three to one 
uh, on most books, and he was 33 to one on FanDuel as well. What we didn't see, um, we didn't see Brooks Kepka make the cut, uh, which was a little bit unfortunate. Brooks Kepka, we'll talk about in a little bit, was a little bit bipolar. Last week at the Workday Charity Open, he had a couple of nine-hole stretches that were unbelievable, best in the field, and he had a couple of nine-hole stretches that were beyond subpar, especially for someone of his caliber. So we'll talk about that in just a few minutes, but this is week number two at Mirfield Village. So what does that mean this time around? Well, Monday of of tournament week the course was closed because as you can imagine there's a lot of work to do to kind of switch switch this uh course up for for a different event the memorial is uh going to play more difficult so we're going to see the rough a little bit higher it'll be grown out you're going to see the the greens run a little bit faster probably a 13 on the stimp meter uh, as opposed to about 11 and a half that they ran last week at the Workday Charity Open, you're going to see the tee boxes moved back. Not only is that to add distance to Muirfield Village, but it's also to alleviate some of the landing areas. Uh, imagine for four full days when you have a course that has a few natural landing areas, um, it can really get chopped up. It can look like Swiss cheese with all the divots out there. So they're moving the tee boxes around, letting uh, some of the spots in the fairway get a little bit of rest, recuperate a little bit, try to recover, close on Monday so there won't be any practice rounds uh, Monday of tournament week. That'll be an extra day for things to settle in. So that we're going to see a little bit of a different golf course uh, this week than we saw last week. And there were times, I mean, what we saw at the Workday Charity Open is that there are big numbers lurking out there. I mean, Justin Rose shot an 80, right? I mean, there was there was... There were top professionals shooting in the upper 70s over the course of the week, and it happens very quickly. Just one shot out of position creates a really big number or the potential for one. If you miss the fairway in the wrong spot, uh, you're staring bogey in the face. If you miss the green on the wrong side and you're short-sighted, you're staring bogey in the face. And then all these greens have little flaps on them, right? They're kind of like these little... um, I don't know of a better way to describe it other than other than flaps where basically things can roll off. They can get, uh, you know, they can roll back down 30 yards to your feet. If you're, if you're chipping from off the green, it creates some really awkward levels and, and lies. So um, interested to see as it plays even more difficult this week coming up, how these golfers are able to handle it. And then you start to consider is it, an, is it advantageous or is it a disadvantage to golfers who saw the golf course last week? On the surface, we would say it would be obviously an, an, an advantage, right? You get to see the course for four extra days. You know the way that the greens are, are in theory running. You know the angles that you want to be coming in from. But I think a lot of guys would actually look at it and say it's, it's a disadvantage if, these, if, the, if the greens are running a lot differently if they're running a lot faster so think about this last week the workday charity open if they're running at an 11 and a half on the stip meter you are learning all the lines that you need to hit during the practice round and during your tournament rounds well if this goes up to a 13 on the stimp now essentially all the lines that you just learned need to be relearned so i do think there is going to be a learning curve on the greens but I also believe that there is going to be an advantage to those uh, who played knowing 
the angles to come in from, knowing the yardages, knowing what the ball might do on these bent grass greens or, uh, or out of the fairway. So I do think there is a little bit of something there. And obviously every player is going to be just a little bit different. The big thing that I think though, is that there's no travel this week. So you're talking about Guys would normally, you know, head out Sunday night, uh, go, go, go to their next destination, uh, have to deal with the travel, have to deal with the packing, the, the rest, the time difference, all of that stuff. Well, that's not happening this week. You know, even the Sunday tea times were early because storms were rolling in. So this event finished early on Sunday. Guys had a lot of time Sunday night to recover, all day Monday to chill. Uh, I do think that the players who are playing a lot of weeks in a row, like someone like Victor Hovland, who's now going to be playing his sixth week in a row. Now they don't have to travel. It's almost like a, a mini, a mini rest day, right? A couple days to just relax. And especially for Victor Hovland, who has been actually driving, driving his car with his caddy, taking shifts overnight from city to city during this restart, not having to get in the car and drive a couple thousand miles, uh, probably a pretty good deal for Victor Hovland. He feels like this is an entire week off come, uh, you know, come this time around. So lots of different angles to talk about for this week. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to cover about the, the workday charity open and how that all played out. Um, you know, the top three guys, that final grouping on, Sunday, which was Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, they are all elite ball strikers. They're all great on approaches. And that is one of the key stats that we saw last week and and really invested in. We said, we want ball strikers. We want guys that are able to hit their second shots very well. And that is uh, what all three of those guys did. If you go and look through some of the other key ball strikers, I mean, let's talk about guys who hit their irons well. Morikawa obviously wins. JT finishes second. Hovland finishes third. Gary Woodland finishes fifth. He's a top elite ball striker. Uh, Patrick Cantlay finishes T7. He's great on approaches. Uh, you know, it, it's such an interesting list of, of names here. Then you get a couple of guys like Kevin Streelman. He cashes our top 10 ticket with a T7. He continues to play well around Muirfield Village. We'll talk more about him in a few minutes. But uh, a, a really interesting field uh, a couple of notables to miss the cut obviously Brooks Kepka misses the cut he misses the cut on the number by one shot we'll talk a lot about him coming up Jordan Spieth misses the cut again after going back to back 72s that's even par rounds of 72 who else Scotty she- Scotty Scheffler missed the cut Matthew Wolf misses the cut trying to come back after his second place finish at the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, Justin Rose, that's 7480. That's not going to get it done. Uh, he also misses the cut. So those are your notables for this week. Back at Mirfield Village, again, it's a traditional par 72. It's got four par four, uh, four par fives, excuse me. It has a drivable par four, number 14. Um, it has a devastatingly difficult finishing hole, number 18, that if you are not in the fairway, uh, you are in big trouble. So that would certainly come into play this week. And we have a field that literally rivals any major championship. Every golfer in the top 10, except Adam Scott is here. Uh, I believe I saw that the strength of field ranking for this event is the best field ever for a regular tour event. It is better than any playoff event ever. It is better than the last eight 
masters. It is just an absolutely stacked field, which means we're getting Bryson DeChambeau back. It means we're getting Rory McIlroy back in the field. And we are getting, oh yeah, by the way, Tiger Woods back in the field this week at Mirfield Village for the Memorial, a place that he has won five different times. Yeah, we're going to spend some oxygen on Tiger Woods this week because he is one of the biggest storylines, obviously, someone that we have not seen play an an official PGA Tour event since the Genesis Invitational in mid-February. For the betting board, uh, I'll run through the betting board real quick and then we'll dive into a lot of these guys here. Bryson DeChambeau is your odds-on favorite. He's 10-1 to to win this golf tournament. Justin Thomas at 12 to 1. Rory McElroy at 14 to 1. Patrick Cantlay at 15. Dustin Johnson at 17. Colin Morikawa at 22. John Rahm also at 22. Then you get Hideki, Hovland, and Webb Simpson all at 25 to 1 before you get to Tiger Woods at 27 to 1. So that rounds out the betting board. As you can tell, it is absolutely jam packed with names, with names that we are going to have to dive into and discuss each one of these because there are also some odds that we have not seen on golfers in quite some time. So we're going to have to decide what to do with some of these guys that are being laid numbers on that we literally have not seen in the last 18 months. I will get to those guys on the other side, but it's going to be a great week. Mirfield Village, uh, unbelievable course. It, it lived up to all the hype at the work day. Now we get it back to back. It should be a lot of fun. Let's jump into the top of the betting board right after these words. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting All On Demand. Let's jump into this betting board because there is big name after big name. This could I could talk about this all night long. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau leads the way at 10 to 1, and I don't think you need me to describe uh, how impressive Bryson DeChambeau has been in the tour's restart, and actually, honestly, before the tour's restart, essentially since January 1st, 2020, when Bryson DeChambeau told us he was going to become the best off the tee player in the world. And then he did so, uh, he's been absolutely phenomenal. So even if you go back to 
WGC Mexico, second place finish there, fourth place at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Then you get the break and the restart, fourth, or I'm sorry, third at Charles Schwab, eighth at RBC Heritage, sixth at the Travelers Championship, and the culmination of all of that hard work, a victory, finally, his first victory since I believe it was 2018 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Bryson fashion, which is bomb it as far as you possibly can. Go find it and hit it again. Also gained a lot of strokes with his putter there as well. 10 to 1. Probably not a number that is going to be getting an investment from me. Um, as much as I love Bryson, the number is now very short. This is now the most difficult and deepest field that we have seen. Also, I, I, I trust Bryson that like, like he's played a lot of courses that haven't necessarily fit his game yet this year. Uh, but this, this one, Mirfield village, if this rough does get big, uh, and does get thick, it will, it will put a hamper on, on Bryson's ability. I think a little bit, um, it can get really thick. It can be three inches, three inches deep. And I also think that what we saw is it's so critical to be in the fairway to be able to hit a good approach. Because if you hit your approach shots just a hair offline, you can be in big trouble. So I am worried about Bryson in that scenario and that scenario only. So uh, when I have a question about a guy like that and he's 10 to 1, not going to be getting an investment from me. Justin Thomas is 12 to one. Will there be any hangover from Justin Thomas who probably believes he should have won the golf tournament last week? And quite frankly, he probably should have won the golf tournament last week. Okay. So he's got, he's about a three shot lead with three to go, four to go, something like that. Um, kind of makes, makes two bogeys coming in. Doesn't keep his foot on the pedal. This is going to feel like it's one that got away for him. Now, will he be able to rebound? Justin Thomas, to me, is usually the kind of guy that uses this as motivation. He takes this. He internalizes it. He says, I'm not going to let that happen again. But otherwise, he was absolutely phenomenal last week. He played his first 56 holes bogey-free, which is an incredible statement considering uh, for the first two days of the tournament, the golf course was playing over par. It was playing over par. He, has, he didn't make a bogey for the first two days. Then he was, the, he was the only guy in the field who did not make a bogey through two rounds. He went and for good measure added a third round where he did not make a bogey. It's unbelievable, remarkable stuff. Really impressed with what Justin Thomas did. The only problem was the last four holes on Sunday. Other than that, he played pretty awesome. So uh, we'll, we'll see what he can do for this week. But at 12 to 1, that is probably a little bit too short for me, especially because I know what's coming next. And what's coming next is Rory McIlroy at 14 to 1. And I can tell you that Rory McIlroy has not been this long on odds since uh, basically since Genesis Invitational of 2019. I'm talking about 18 months ago. And, um, he was actually a little bit longer at the tour championship, but that doesn't really count because that was a staggered start, right? Uh, he started five shots back. Oh, by the way, won that golf tournament. Uh, but he will be 14 to one this week. And I look at that and I think, is that really a knock against Rory McIlroy? Or is it more of a testament to the other guys around him? Uh, for example, you look at the rest of this betting board. 
you know, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas. Those are like your top four guys with Rory McIlroy. There's your top five guys. Everyone but Rory McIlroy has either finished first or second in their last start. Think about that. Justin Thomas just finished second. Bryson DeChambeau just won his last start. Dustin Johnson won his last start. And Colin Morikawa won his last start. So is it really a knock against Rory McIlroy that he hasn't won in his last start? I mean, the other it just feels like momentum from the rest of the betting board that pushes Rory down to 14-1. to 1. And you're talking about a guy who, yes, he's, he's not been as good in the restart as we would expect him to be by his own very incredibly high standards, but it's still 32nd at Charles Schwab in which he really only had, he had one bad nine holes at that event. He was in that golf tournament, almost the same thing at, um, at the RBC heritage. He had like one bad nine hole stretch. Other than that, he was great. Played much better at the travelers finished 11th at the travelers championship. I mean, this just feels like you're getting an opportunity to buy the best player in the world at the longest price he's been in 18 months. And for that, I cannot pass it up. So I will be likely putting an investment in on Rory McIlroy this week. Patrick Cantlay's 15 to one. I, I, I kind of go both ways on this. I'm more excited about Patrick Cantlay at all other events. I'm less excited about him here. And I know that's crazy because He's the defending champion here. He's been awesome at Mirfield Village. He's he finished seventh last week. But I'm I like Patrick Cantlay so much. I think that he can win any week. So I don't need to play him or roster him or bet him the week he is going to be the shortest odds. I think he can win any week, especially in this field. So not a knock against Patrick Cantlay. Just a situation where you're going to get him at 25 to one in a couple of weeks, and we'll bet him there. He can win any tournament that he tees it up. So I, I'm not I'm not too interested in in, in paying into um, you know the recent history and the defending championship status. And by the way, so he finished his T7 last week, which is great, but he did this thing that Matt Kuchar did for a long time, which is finish top 10, backdoor yourself into a top 10 where you never contended at all. Like Patrick Cantlay was never in contention of this golf tournament. Uh, Just got like a little bit better each day throughout and then goes nuts on Sunday and finishes in a tie for seventh. Like it was great, but it was not like he was in contention or faded. I don't know what's better, Uh, but Cantlay will not be getting investment for me at 15 to one. Dustin Johnson, 17. Probably won't get an investment from me, but I do like him. I do like him in one and done situations. I like him in um, matchup situations. I like him in, like, I, I think he's just a good fit. I don't necessarily want to bet him outright at 17 to 1. I think what we saw at the Travelers Championship was um, when he puts it all together, which it looks like he's starting to, and he has, he's, he's dominant. He's absolutely dominant. I think he's the only guy since the tour restarted, and I wish I had this stat in front of me. Basically every victory has been come from behind on Sunday, whether it's two shots, three shots, whatever it is. Uh, DJ's the only guy who front runs and, and goes out and wins it. So I do like that about him. He can, he can punish the field. He can put everybody away, but 17 to one is too short in this field. And especially if I'm going to bet Rory at 14, I kind of need my next natural landing spot to be a little bit deeper. Uh, but Dustin Johnson is interesting for 
matchups, for like first round leaders, for like things that you're adjacent to outrights. I think he's much more interesting. Morikawa was 22. So he goes from 33 to 22. I don't know, like, I don't know what to say. He's obviously amazing. His approach game is phenomenal. He, he, he took apart Mirfield Village last week. Do we really think he's going to do it again? I mean, you're kind of paying that price on an outright that he's going to back up his victory with another, which what we've seen on the PGA Tour is that's incredibly difficult to do. Now, I understand that he doesn't have to travel and do media as much, and he stays in the same spot, and it's probably more comfortable. It's hard to beat every other golfer on the planet for eight straight rounds. He's already done it for four. It's hard to do it for four more as what we've seen historically. So, going to be tough to get a bet from Morikawa, and he's, he's kind of in the same boat as Cantlay. Cantlay, I love, and I can bet him any week. Morikawa, I love, and I can bet him any week, but you are paying the price for him winning last week that's what you're doing you're paying the price for him winning last week i would rather wait a couple weeks get him at 25 30 33 to 1 and he can win anywhere so i'm not too worried about it john rom i think is incredibly interesting let's talk about john rom he's 22 to 1 i'm going to pull up his stats here john rom last week okay so it has not been a good restart for john rom i think we all know that um Missed the cut of Colonial in his first week out, and then he has had just kind of a couple of kind of a couple of subpar finishes uh, since then. So let me see if I can pull up John Rahm here real quick. And what I um, what I love about Rahm is what he did last Sunday at the workday. Here we go. So goes out, kind of has a you know. Even par round in round one. He shoots two under in round two. He has a bad round three. And then he goes absolutely nuclear in round number four. And I mean nuclear. Shoots a 64, which is eight under, with two bogeys on his card, meaning he made, what, 10 birdies on the day? Uh, it was by far the round of the day. Okay, so he goes out, shoots the best round on Sunday at the at Mirafield Village. And normally, so when I first saw his score roll in, I was like, okay, like he must've made 50 foot putts on every hole. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot to shoot a score that low. Everything needs to go your way. Then I pulled up the strokes gain numbers. He only gained a half a shot putting. That's insane. That's like a half a shot better than field average. It's nothing. He goes and gains over a shot off the tee, which is what we would expect. He gains 4.3 on approaches. He gains another eight tenths around the greens. And then the, ha- the the putting was his worst category. It's craziness. He goes out and gains 6.2 strokes T to green in one round. And he does it in all the right ways. So that's the profile of a guy that looks good for the next week. Sometimes a guy shoots a crazy low round on Sunday and can't carry it over because he, he ran into a hot putter and couldn't do anything else. We'll talk about some guys like that. Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter gained eight strokes on the field putting last week. Second best tournament ever. That is not going to happen again. So John Rahm goes nuclear in a way that is sustainable. In a way that is hopeful. And now you remember he's the second best player in the world. He's 22 to 1. Like that is a really good investment opportunity. And one that is probably for me... Too good to pass up.
We have not even talked about Tiger Woods. We have not even talked about Brooks Kepka. We've not talked about Victor Hovland. We will talk about all of those guys and more for this week's Memorial Tournament. And we'll get started with maybe, maybe we'll start with Hideki. Maybe we'll start with Victor Hovland. Who knows? But we'll get to it right after these words. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Bagels and bad beats. Now you got the buffoon and Belichick with the media, and then you have Cam Newton. This is a four-win football team. Four wins max. Best prop over under plays on the board under Patriots eight and a half. The Sports Grid Network. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. It is the Memorial Week, and we have covered some of the big names at the top of the betting board, but it's almost like there is an endless supply of big-name players in this field. At least it's certainly how it seems, because we've only talked about, you know, Bryson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. We've talked about Dustin Johnson. we talked about John Rahm. talked about Colin Morikawa. There's like... 10 more names to go. Uh, let's talk about Victor Hovland for a second. Uh, Victor Hovland is 25 to 1. I feel the way about Victor Hovland that I felt with Bryson DeChambeau, which is the fact that I believe that Victor Hovland is on the verge of winning. I think what he's doing statistically is the best way to win on on the PGA Tour, which is be amazing from tee to green. That's how you win on the PGA Tour. And then a couple of times a year, when you catch a hot putter, you win two or three times a year. And I don't know if he's going to win two or three times a year. That's a lot. Remember, Rory McIlroy won player of the year last year with three wins. If you win three times every year, it's unbelievable. So maybe I shouldn't even be putting uh, three wins on. Win once a year. Win once a year and you've got an unbelievable career. But for Victor Hovland, he is insane from tee to green. Uh, so he's played all five weeks of the restart. He His ranks in the field in those weeks from tee to green. He was 14th, 13th, 
And in the last three weeks, he's been first, first, first. That's right. He's led the field in strokes gained tee to green each of the last three weeks. That is an unbelievable stretch of golf that he's on right now. And it hasn't resulted in a win. In fact, it's only resulted in one top 10 because he's got to fix that putter, or at least he's got to catch a hot putter. So we're going to see how this goes for Victor Hovland. I think that, um, you know, there was some, there was some talk that he might've gotten tired on Sunday and, and you can't blame him, right? This is going to be a six straight week of playing golf. Uh, so you can't really blame him for getting tired potentially, but you know, it was a kind of situation where he hit one bad shot on number six. He hit his ball just a bit fat. It lands in the water. Then he's a couple shots back. He has to go for number 18, which is a drivable par four. It's, or I'm sorry, number 14. It's a drivable par four. He has to go for it there. He misses by like a yard and it trickles down into the water. So like, then he's even further back. So like, I understand the risk he had to take on, on Sunday. And he did that. Um, and it just didn't work out for him. And I think it's going to work out more often than not. Now, remember, he's driving. This guy has been driving from destination to destination since the restarts. So you're talking about from Texas to what? South Carolina to uh, Travelers, which is in Connecticut, to Detroit, to Dublin, Ohio. But now he doesn't have to get in the car. Imagine after all the thousands of miles you've put on your car over the last five weeks, you now get to just chill at Mirfield Village, it's going to feel like an off week for Victor Hovland. So really interested to see how he responds um, this week. And he is listed at 25 to 1. Now also listed at 25 to 1 is Webb Simpson. So if I had to pick between these two guys, I'd much rather bet on Webb Simpson at 25 to 1 because we've seen Webb win this year. In fact, we've seen him win twice this year. One at Waste Management and he won after the restart at the RBC Heritage. Then he followed up that RBC Heritage with an eighth place finish at Rocket Mortgage. Um, Webb is not going to hit it a long way. But what Webb will do is he'll find fairways and he will hit his approaches. And if this is a course, which I believe it to be, Muirfield Village, is a course that rewards second shots, few guys in the game like Webb Simpson can hit their irons like Webb Simpson can. So very interested to see if he is able to... Um, kind of kind of be put himself in content and we know he can win in big fields right like we, we he won rbc heritage which was a stacked field he's won the players right so i mean it, it's webb can do this so i'd much rather if i have to take a stand and you probably can't bet both guys at 25 to 1 unless you're starting your betting card there um if you have to take a stand on either hovland or webb simpson it's probably webb simpson for me here's the moment 27 to one Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is 27 to one. I'm shocked. I thought books were going to hang a big number or a small number, excuse me, on Tiger Woods in an attempt not to get burnt because there is going to be a load of action on Tiger Woods this week. Not only is golf the only game in town and, uh, you know, books handles are up 500% year over year, but this is the first time we've seen Tiger Woods. So this is going to be of all the casuals who want to bet on sports this week. Uh, they're all going to be betting on golf and they're all going to be betting on Tiger Woods. And 27 to one is a very, very appealing number. Let me tell you. Now let's talk about what we've seen from Tiger Woods. What we haven't seen is probably more apt way to put it. We haven't seen him play golf in an official PGA tour event since the Genesis invitational in mid February. He was absolutely terrible. One of his worst events ever. 
the body wasn't right. He ends up sitting out the Players' Championship a couple weeks later. Chooses not to play. Obviously, that was the event that got canceled. That was what started his whole shutdown. And we obviously haven't seen him since. Now, he did play in the match, the uh, exhibition with Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Looked awesome, but he was wearing shorts and he was at his home course medalist. Like, it, it wasn't really a high-pressure situation, but the swing looked under control. I think that Tiger Woods is probably one of the few guys on the PGA Tour um, whose amount of rest directly correlates with his level of success. Tiger knows how to be ready and no one knows his body better than he does. So if he shows up, I expect him to contend uh, in a big way. Now, obviously Muirfield Village is a place that he's had a lot of great success. He's won here five times. That's a record. And it is a second shot course. And Tiger Woods is one of the best iron players on the face of the earth. Not only historically, But statistically this season, that's what the stats would dictate. So you put all of this together, all of the unknowns about Tiger Woods, all of the knowns about Tiger Woods, and I think I'm much more optimistic uh, than I I would be on a normal week. Brooks Kepka sitting here at 28 to 1. That also feels like a pretty good number for a guy who calls himself essentially a big game hunter, which by the way, You know, I love Brooks, but I do not necessarily think it is smart to tie your success to that of winning major championships and nothing else. That only works for about one guy named Tiger Woods, right? I mean, it's really unbelievable. And when you put that level of expectations on yourself, you have to win majors. You have to win big events. You got to win WGCs. You've got to win the Memorial. Uh, So we'll see if Brooks can be able to do that now. What's interesting is Brooks Brooks has not been good. Uh, He missed the cut last week and actually was a late addition to this field. He was not going to play this week, Uh, but he decides he's going to play because quite frankly, he is so far out of the FedEx cup playoffs. If he wants to try to get to East Lake for the tour championship, he's got some work to do, but also I think there were some good things to take away. Some bad things to take away for Brooks Kepka from last week. He basically played, so he played four nine-hole stretches, four nines over two days. Two of them were amazing, and two of them were terrible. He shot nines of 31 and 33, which is insane, and nines of 38 and 41, which is terrible. Uh, I don't know what to take from that. I think the positive takeaway, usually when you have an elite golfer like Brooks Kepka is, is if he's making a lot of birdies, that's usually a good sign. That's what you want to see because they'll tighten up the rest of the game. They'll figure it out. They'll stop making so many bogeys. That's usually what happens. So I think you have to be optimistic for Brooks Kepka. I mean, he had those, those two nine-hole stretches that he put together were unbelievable. And, and one of them was Friday, his second nine on Friday, where he was out of the cut line. He was out. He was done. He goes on this stretch where I think he birdies like five of his last nine holes, which included him almost holing out on three consecutive holes. I mean, he was absolutely dialed in, still falls one shot short. Uh, cut line, it was actually funny because um, they, they were suspended due to darkness on Friday. Had to come back Sunday morning. So we did not know the fate of the cut line until Saturday morning. And it actually kind of got crazy. A lot of guys went nuts 
near the cut line and bounced the minus ones out and, and made the cut line minus two. And Brooks was on the outside looking in, um, which I guess luckily for him, he didn't have to fly anywhere. It's not like he was waiting around uh, to go to another city. He was just hanging around Muirfield Village anyway. But long story short, I think this is a pretty good investment opportunity back into Brooks Kepka at 28 to one. Daniel Berger is 40 to one. Daniel Berger has like six straight top 10 finishes. You can make the case that Daniel Berger is one of the best players on the face of the earth in the last 10 tournaments on the PGA tour. He won at colonial. Uh, he's got a, let's see here. Fourth at Honda win at colonial third at RBC heritage. And he hasn't played since go back even further. He's got top tens leading into the Honda before the shutdown. So Daniel Berger, and you have to remember what the pedigree of Daniel Berger is. He was a rookie of the year in the same year of the class of guys. Like uh, I think it was the Jordan Spieth year. Uh, I mean, there were big names in his class. He was player of the year. He was touted just as highly as everybody else has that wrist injury that essentially messes him up for, for two years, for two and a half years. Uh, now you're starting to see what a lot of people thought about, um, Brooks, Ke- I'm sorry, uh, uh, Daniel Berger. And he's showing us that now he's got a win under his belt this season. He's 40 to one. I, I don't think he's going to win the golf tournament, but 40 to one, at least opens up some, some nice opportunities for a top five. You'll probably get a good digits on a top five. See what the top 10 number is. Maybe that's a little bit too short, but Berger is a guy who's going to be in contention a lot. If he continues to play like he's been playing. And what I really love about Daniel Berger is um, he gains strokes in all four major strokes gain categories, which is something that I look for a lot. And I look for it a lot because not a lot of guys do it. Um, usually it's, you know, there's only a dozen or so guys in every field who do it. And to me, it shows a consistency in your game that you don't need one aspect of your game to carry you. And if you don't have it that week, you're done. That's not Daniel Berger. If he doesn't putt well, his irons can pick him up. If his short game sticks, stinks, his putting can pick him up. He's just very solid all around, which is something that I love to see 40 to one might look at him more in top five situations though, than a 40 to one outright. I've got a couple of long shots. I want to get to, I've got some uh, names that I think are worth talking about. And then I will give you my betting slip for the Memorial. And we will jump into that right after these words. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. We're getting into the longer shots now. We're getting into the 50 to 1 range. We're getting into the 60 to 1. We've seen Daniel Berger win this year, 66 to 1. We've seen some of these uh, these guys cash in over the years. So let's jump into it. Uh, real quick on Ricky Fowler, he's 40 to 1. Probably won't get an investment from me, but there's certainly reason to be optimistic for Ricky Fowler. He is uh, starting to turn things around. Basically put a three good rounds together at work day. He's now got uh, a couple of decent finishes in a row. Remember he's been going through swing changes. So he, go, he goes 12th at the rocket mortgage, 22nd at work day. This is what happens during swing changes. You're going to be inconsistent. You know, you're going to hit a lot more bad shots than good. Then you're going to work through some things. You're going to hit about as many bad shots as you are good. And then something's going to switch and you're going to figure it out. And you're going to hit a lot more should good shots than bad. 
I think that's where we're at for Ricky Fowler right now. More good shots than bad, but there's still a couple of loose ones lurking out there for him. Uh, so we'll see. It'll be, it'll be time for him, but it won't be time for an investment from me at the moment. There will be an investment coming from me likely on Abraham Answer. Uh, what I love about Abe Answer, who is 45 to 1, what I love about Abraham Answer is that he is an absolute competitor. Uh, that's a real thing. It's a real thing. I can't quantify it with numbers, but it is a real thing. He's an absolute competitor. We saw that at the President's Cup, where he has been a completely different guy since then. Um, he goes three, one and one at the president's cup for the international team. His only loss, of course, coming on Sunday singles to Tiger Woods, which I can't really blame him for that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a really good stretch of golf for answer. Cause he's carried that into the PGA tour season finished, I think second or third at the American express. Uh, what I like is a lot of his great results come at difficult fields, or courses that might not even be good fits for him. WGC Mexico, uh, Golf Club uh, de Chapultepec. That's not a place where Abraham Answer should succeed because it's a very big driving course. Abraham Answer gains strokes off the tee, but he does it in a way with accuracy, not with distance. Finishes 12th there. So a WGC level field at a course that doesn't fit well for him. 14th at the Charles Schwab, first event of the restart. Remember how stacked that field was? Second at RBC Heritage. Remember how stacked... That field was 11th at the Travelers. Those are the last three times we saw him. So since the restart, he's gone 14th, 2nd, and 11th. Now Abe answer, again, while not long, Mirfield Village demands that you hit your driver in the fairway. He can do that. It also demands that you hit your approach shots to the correct spot. He can do that. It also demands that you, I don't know, have a little something that you can beat the rest of the field. You can, you can stay strong on a course that bites back. Abraham answer has that as well. So I'm looking at him at 45 to one. That's going to be a click from me, but also top five. Why not? Let's go a little each way on this bad boy. Abraham answer is a guy that really does get me excited. Gary Woodland guy. I was not high on it all last week and I was wrong, but I will tell you, I think I was kind of right. It's a weird situation. So if you remember last week, I told you, um, I was really concerned about Gary Woodland. I thought he was going to miss the cut. The reason that I had behind that was his off the tee numbers were absolutely atrocious. He was in the worst stretch of his career with the driver. Well, he must have also felt the same way because on Thursday morning, he ditched that Wilson driver that he was using and went back to his ping. So that's enough to make a, a big club change switch for Gary Woodland. And he played great. He was exquisite off the tee. He was exactly what we would expect from Friday on. He was one of the best players in the field. So I think my reasoning was there. The result was wrong because it all changed. But uh, we identified an issue with Gary Woodland. And it was so bad that Gary Woodland also identified the same issue and changed the issue. It was pretty incredible to see. So I wanted to shout that out. Um, I'll tell you what, if Gary Woodland plays like he did last week, uh, he was a little bit reliant on the putter. But if he plays like he did last week, I'd be I'd be impressed again. He's probably going to compete. Justin Rose here at 50 to 1. He's been all over the place. I'm just going to wait and see. Jason Day is 65. Jason Day is 65 to 1 and he's now that was last week he finished 7th. Um which is great, 
but still only his third top 10 since the 2019 Masters. So it's hard to get too excited about him being able to back it up again until we see it. A little bit reliant on a short game last week, but I will tell you his off the tee numbers were a lot better than what we've seen over the past couple of months. I'm very pessimistic on Jason Day long term. I think it, we saw a little bit of signs of life. I, I'd love to see him do it again because he's not had a stretch in the last two years where he's been able to put together two good starts in a row. So let's see. Let's see him do it. The fact that Sung Jae Im got down to 65-1 to 1 is pretty incredible. It has not been a good restart for him. He's been very, very bad almost in every aspect. He's been horrific with the putter. I think it's going to come around because I, I am so optimistic about the abilities of Sung Jae Im. But... I kind of need to see a little bit of something. There's no signs of life at the moment. And I, I do think it would benefit him if Mirfield Village played more difficult, if that makes sense. Um, some guys thrive in difficult situations. Some guys can't hang. Uh, Sung Jae Im's only win was the Honda Classic PGA National. That's one of the most difficult courses that they get on the PGA Tour. So for him to, able, for him to be able to capture a victory there, obviously uh, awesome. So I'm going to wait and see on Sung Jay. 65 to 1 is a really good number. We will get we will be early on Sung Jay again, but we do need to see something. We need to see a little progress in his game before we before we bet on him. Tony Finau's uh, listen, he's popular. I know that he's shooting 59 on his home course. I know that he's hitting his driver 380 yards on the launch monitor. You got to do it on the PGA Tour. Okay? You know, Tony Finau's not won since the Puerto Rico Open in 2016. You got to win. You got to show me something on the PGA Tour. I don't really care about the Instagram videos, the the 59 you shoot at your home course. I got, I got to see something. I hope he does. Uh, he's great. Kevin Streelman, 75 to 1. Kevin, Kevin Streelman, I'm auto betting him top 10. Uh, so he goes seventh last week, which he's probably longer than that this week for, for 10 to 1. I think he was 6 to 1 last week for his top, for his top 10 number. Probably longer than that this week. Another top 10. So now his last two starts have been 7th and 2nd. Uh, second place of the Travelers to Dustin Johnson. Those are his last two starts. He has four top 20 finishes at the Memorial in the last five years. So he's got four at the Memorial, one at the Workday. So that's five top 20 finishes in his last six trips to Mirfield Village. Obviously, something about this course that he likes and he knows well. And obviously playing well at the moment. So yeah, fire it up. Kevin Streelman, we're going to go right back to that and see what number we can get on probably probably a top 10. Um, maybe a little something, a little sprinkle on the 75 to 1, but uh, really need to see the top 10. Who else do we have here? Leishman 75, no thank you. Kucher 75, no thank you. Paul Casey at 75 is kind of interesting. We just haven't seen him play. Right, we just have not seen what Paul Casey uh, has done. I think he's only played once in the restart. It was a 32nd at the Travelers Championship. That's the only time we've seen him. In theory, Mirfield should be a good fit for him. He's very accurate off the tee. He's very good with his irons. Uh, this should be a good fit for him. I might be talking myself into getting some exposure to Paul Casey here uh, as we as we make our way towards the deeper ends of this player pool. Um, a guy I will not be touching, I'll tell you, is, is Ian Poulter. Gained eight and a half strokes putting last week. His second best putting performance ever. That is incredibly difficult to follow up, as you can imagine. Uh, I believe he lost in every other strokes gained category last week. So um, I know he's 120 to 1. 
no investment here for me and Poulter in any format, right? Not in fantasy, not top five, not top 10, not top 20. If he burns me again with the putter, that's fine. Doc Redman's back here. Doc Redman, 150 to one. He's got three straight top 25s coming into this week since the restart, right? Yeah, so he goes 21st at RBC. He goes uh, 11th at the Travelers and 21st at the Rocket Mortgage. What I like about Doc Redman is he's a very good ball striker. From tee to green, he's one of the best players on tour since the restart. So for him to be 150 to 1, so you're probably looking at a really strong top 10, maybe even top 20 number on him, certainly well within his um, his range of outcomes. I do like what Doc Redman possesses. He might be the last guy. He might be the last guy on this list that I go to. Where's Brendan Steele? Brendan Steele um, lost something historic. Like he might not even be in this field. Like nine strokes putting last week. Uh, it was absolutely horrific. So yeah, maybe uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Doc Redman's probably the the lowest that I'll go. So let's talk about this betting card. So for me, um, I think it's too good to pass up Rory McIlroy. So I'll be taking Rory McIlroy at fourteen to one. I'm going to jump at the opportunity to get the best odds on the number one player in the world that we have seen in quite some time. I'll be taking Roy McIlroy. Uh, then I've got to figure out where my next natural landing spot is. Quite honestly, it's probably in the 27, 28 range. So that leaves me with Tiger Woods, potentially. It leaves me with Brooks Kepka. Uh, I'll probably opt for Kepka because I've seen the amazing upside from him just last week. I also saw the terrifying downside, right? I've seen the floor. Um, so it's, it's one of these situations where I'm buying into the good that I saw and not so much the bad that I saw for Brooks Kepka. He's 28 to one. Uh, then I've got to kind of figure out where to go next, which is probably Abe answer at 45. So now I've got a 14, I've got a 28 and I've got a 45 to one. I've got a solid card being built at the moment. I will also, uh, likely once I get to Abraham answer, start to get into the top 10 situation. So give me an Abe answer, top five, give me an Abe answer, top 10, uh, opportunity to, to cash in on those. Then I like going to, um, Streelman. So Streelman's 75 to one. If I bet him as an outright, it'll be a very small outright. I like him a lot more in top tens and I like him a lot more in top 20 situations because his odds are so long. And then I probably wrap this up with maybe a Casey bet. I bet I could bet Paul Casey 75 to one to outright this thing. I really could. He can win a golf tournament. Um, I might do that. Top five as well. And then Doc Redman would be the last guy. And that would probably just be a top 20 for me. But he's 150 to one and a top 20 number will still pay deep enough that I would be interested in something like that. This week, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about who the best ball strikers are. We're going to learn a lot about what it takes to compete from one week to another. We are going to see a showcase of the top players in the world, including Tiger Woods. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking through the memorial and all the betting options with you. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. I'm interested in who you're betting, who you're uh, fading, and everything that comes with it. Buckle up. This week is going to be a ton of fun. We know this course already. We're going to get to see it for a second time in in just seven days. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait. This has been Golf Betting On Demand. Best of luck.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 